0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Classic City Crime, a new crime podcast
1: coming soon. I'm Cameron Jay. Let me tell you about the place it all began. I ain't got time for all that. Well, actually, <laughs> we'll make
0: time. Uh, Cameron Jay in studio with us this morning. Classic crime podcast uh, deals with, obviously, I would think, self-explanatory crime in the classics. city. Our own Cameron Jay here in Afternoon News here sometimes on WGA. He does other things around here about the podcast. Uh, what, what is it? How'd it come to be?
1: yeah so the podcast was formed um at the start of the pandemic uh which was per- you didn't have anything else perfect timing yeah. right yeah stuck at home um, and I really just started looking back at the unsolved cases that we have here in athens Clark County, of which there are 40 dating back to 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, the case of Tara Louise Baker is where we started. It's one I resonated with, both with her story, her life story, and her family's story. Um, and from there, we're at 1.2 million listens, and I thank wow. the people out there Only for um, listening in. Yeah,
0: wow, wow okay. Uh, and, and the Tara Baker case, we're going to spend a, a good deal of time on this, because I know your podcast has, and there they're actually some insights that, that you folks may have on this. And, and by the way, and just just to quickly uh, get this out there, because uh, there, there's a lot of folks with a lot of podcasts and a lot of those dealing with exactly this subject matter, unsolved crimes, cold cases. Once in a while, they crack cases, these podcasters, and lead law enforcement in the direction of making arrest case in point. Very prominently, South Georgia Tara Grinstead case uh, of close to 20 years unsolved. And now you got people sitting in jail in large part because of the work of a podcaster. So don't dismiss uh, the platform here. These are serious folks, some of them, some knuckleheads too, but some serious (laughs) folks doing serious work there. And Cameron Jay would like to tell you he's one of those uh, doing some work here to the point where you, you get the legislature involved. You were at the cap. Yesterday, uh, Anthony State Rep. Houston Gaines and and Robertson, I believe, from the yes. Senate, Senator Robertson, uh, this this legislation inspired in part by the Tara Baker case. My shorthand explanation of what the bill will do is that it will enhance law enforcement capability when it comes to cold cases, specifically in Georgia. Put some meat on those bones. What's what's the bill?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I'd like to say that this is modeled loosely after a federal piece of legislation that passed last year. And it passed with unanimous consent with support from both parties in and the And John Ossoff was Senate.
0: driving that one, I think, to some extent.
1: Yes, and I believe uh, Representative McCall and Representative Swalwell mm-hmm. from both parties coming together to mm-hmm. put that forward. What that bill did was said after five years, any homicide in federal jurisdiction that a family wanted reviewed could go before a review board. Um, and then have, you know, the case looked at, see if there's any evidence that might not have been looked at before. And if probative leads could come from that, that they would reinvestigate it. But... What that bill did was leave families like Tara Baker's, the 40 other families in Athens, and the 300 around 300 plus unsolved cases in Georgia behind because, well, because they're, yeah,
0: they're they're not federal. They're cases. not in federal
1: jurisdiction hmm. exactly. And
0: most homicides aren't
1: correct. So what we decided was we needed to bridge the gap and what was started as a storytelling podcast about Tara's life, her death, and the subsequent investigation for the last 22 years really turned into an advocacy piece for us, um, realizing that families and law enforcement needed avenues for support and recourse after a certain amount of time has passed. So shorthandedly, what this bill would do is create an application for a review of cases after a certain amount of time, uh, looking for probative leads, looking for potential perpetrators. It would also rec- create a rec- Requirement, uh for local jurisdictions to report their unsolved cases because that's the other thing there are 300 that we have record of at the mm. gbi but if we actually get into the numbers that number is expected to increase per senator randy robertson yesterday and last but not least we do not have a specific thing in a homicide case that says after a certain amount of time the death certificate has to be released now this is not something you typically would think about but would when never you look, have occurred to me right but when you look at the case of tara louise baker it was 10 years after her death before her family was issued a death certificate her father and mother had to be victimized over and over again by the stealing of her identity through credit cards phone numbers etc because there was no way to prove legally that their daughter was dead so those three things really the key Mm -hmm. points of this bill a first step of many of course
0: and and i don't who knows what the legislature will do i I don't anticipate i don't think you do any any obstacles here and there's some details to be worked out but it sounds like this one has the bipartisan support as well and we're going to spend some time as i say on the tara baker case uh tara baker 19 uh, was uh, 2001 so 22 years ago today january Mm -hmm. 19th was the date of that homicide and as i say we'll get in these specifics and what you folks through your podcast have been able to do by way of shedding light on this. But quickly, there was another family and another case involved as well Hazelhurst, down in South Georgia. In fact, the family there yesterday for this bill yes. introduction as well. Who are these folks and what's that story?
1: Yeah, Rhonda Sue Coleman was murdered in Hazelhurst, Georgia, in and around Hazelhurst, Georgia, um, over 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yesterday actually would have been her 51st birthday. Wow. So this event at the Capitol coincided with Rhonda's birthday. Tara's death date, which is today. And, and also her birthday would tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Nice. So what a um, mm. tragic time for these sure. families, but what an important time to shed light. Um, on the issue, but Rhonda was killed. Her case also featured on another prominent podcast, and really, when I was working on Tara's case and started a quote-unquote petition to get some traction or surrounding some legislation to support these families, I saw that her family was doing the exact same thing and realized there is much more um, you know, success had when there is strength in numbers, and we are stronger together. So we brought those two families together, Um, and I can tell you, Tim, to see those two mothers, that Mm. only two mothers can know the pain of losing a child to a homicide, to see them embrace one another, hold each other's hands, and move forward in this together uh, was awe-inspiring and quite emotional, too.
0: Take the very briefest of breaks. Uh, take break a little bit early. We want to spend a lot of time discussing what we know and some of what we don't know about the Tara Baker case. Cameron Jay in studio with us. The podcast, again, is Classic City Crime. Classic City Crime. Tim Bryant, Classic City Today, WGA. Thank you, Senator. Uh, you yeah, know, this is such an important piece of legislation. I just want to thank his families. Uh, these two families, Coleman's
1: and Baker's, uh, for their advocacy and working so diligently to to provide relief for other families throughout the state. Obviously, we're never going to bring these individuals back.
0: Uh, talking about the bill, and there was Athens State Rep. Houston Gaines uh, rolling out the bill that will be introduced once the legislature gets back in session. Budget work this week, but back in session starting next week, uh, a bill inspired by the cold case. Uh, one of them in Athens, the Tara Baker case. As it happens, 22 years ago today. On the day before what would have been her 24th birthday, Tara Baker murdered, still unsolved. The legislation we're discussing with Cameron Jay, his podcast, the driving force behind this legislation and the ongoing discussion of this crime, our own Cameron Jay. uh, The bill to make it uh, easier, if you will, enhance the capability of law enforcement when it comes to investigating cold cases. All right. The specifics of the Tara Baker case and and Cameron Jay and your podcast, Classic Crime, dealing with this extensively. As, as we say, 22 years ago today, January 19th of mm-hmm. 2001, as I recall was a weekend, a Friday or a Saturday, uh, first comes word of an apartment fire duplex, uh, Lexington Road, Athens East Side, and then sometime later, my goodness, we found the body, mm-hmm. and, and then identify the body, and, and, and off we go in discussing an unsolved murder. She was killed, the fire set evidently, an attempt to solve the crime. the uh, there's a lot we don't know. There's some that maybe we do know. Let, let me start with this, and, mm-hmm. and you can fill in some blanks here. Because here is has been kind of in a lot of folks' minds, and there may be some basis for this or not, uh, speculation as to what may have happened, that, that she had been evidently on the night. Was it a Friday or Saturday?
1: Was it it was Friday, Friday that the fire Friday? was okay. discovered.
0: Yeah, yes. okay. She had been downtown, as, as students would be, had been downtown, a night on the town, comes home at some point. Uh, speculation, that's all this is, but it, it, okay, she brought somebody home with her. Mm. Uh, one thing after another. One thing leads to another. There may have been uh, an attempt at, at, at sex. It, it may have been misconstrued. Uh, it may have been what amounted to a sexual assault. Uh, he commits the sexual assault the killer we're presuming a he although we shouldn't Uh, we're presuming this uh, he's and then oh my goodness I've just killed her let me set a fire and hide my tracks and get into the wind anything to substantiate any of that or is that just idle speculation
1: well I'll go back just a little bit so uh, the Thursday night before her body was found that Friday she was actually studying at the University of Georgia Law School with two classmates Um, preparing for a big test that was coming up the next day. Those two classmates left and went home, and Tara, in true Tara fashion, (laughs) called the girl at 9.45 p.m., Uh, to make sure she had made it home safely. And that actually is the last record we have of Tara Baker talking to anyone. So what transpired that night from her leaving the law library and heading home, we really don't know. You know, there wasn't social media to document everyone's step. There wasn't the happy birthday posts that we now get and give us the luxury of knowing what was going on.
0: There was some report, I say reporting, Mm -hmm. some people saying, well, I saw her at such and such a place. Yeah. Yes.
1: And there's been a lot of that, you know, and it's hard to substantiate that, right. of course, all these years later. But what we do know is that the next morning at eleven or at nine thirty A. M., Tara failed to show up for that class at the University of Georgia Law School. We know that that afternoon, friends began to realize she wasn't showing up for birthday celebrations Mm -hmm. that she had planned with the law firm that she worked with locally as well as her law classmates.
0: Where was Um, she on the path, by the way? How far along the road? She was in her first
1: year of law school, but she had taken one break uh, a break between her undergrad and her graduate degree degree to work in the legal field as a paralegal for Fortson, Bentley, and Griffin here in Athens. Um, So 11.25 a.m., January 19th, uh, neighbor spots What is a fire coming from the roof um, and firefighters respond and it's actually firefighters that we've interviewed on the podcast who found her body in her bedroom um, stabbed, beaten, strangled,
0: stabbed, beaten and strangled. And that confirmed forensically by, I suppose, medical examiners, I I would assume a GBI autopsy crime lab indicator and the rest of it. Yes. Okay, that's that's what we know that that much we can say. Now we begin to walk down the path of speculation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far down that road you guys go. You tell me, where are we now?
1: Well, what we did as a podcast is really look back at people that the media and police themselves speculated on over the past 22 years. Actual
0: individuals.
1: Actual individuals. Obviously not using names, obviously right. changing identifiable information, um, but really just looking back at this information. And How what many we, of them are there? There are around four, four or five. Okay. And what we did, though, was talk about those different scenarios and then see what the public would do as a result of those that being talked about because it might be one thing that someone doesn't realize that they have in their mind a memory a something that someone said to them over a drink at some point over the last 22 years right that might lead to some information and what we found was what I thought was going to be three or four episodes on the life and death of Tara Louise Baker turned into a uh, search for the truth Um, and we actually continue to send information and leads to our police chief Jerry Salters and I'm grateful for his support of this family and all 40 families but uh, chief salters was a responding officer so on you this mentioned case.
0: four individuals, individuals. specifically mm-hmm. that, that, that's how do i say this that you have identified mm-hmm. as, as possible whether the police and authorities have mm-hmm. or not whether there's a four that you have focused on mm-hmm. what can without obviously without names what can you say students worked in a garage what can you say about these people
1: well what i'll say is that the investigation focused on the exact places that all of us would look to first um the closest circle so that would be lovers we can also say that through our podcast the police department did state on the record that Tara's boyfriend was no longer a person of interest so in this yes, case. Yes, she
0: had a boyfriend.
1: Correct. Okay. Uh, we also know that there was a law classmate uh, that was of interest to police, but we have also been told by the police department through our work that he is no longer a person of interest in the case. There was a co-worker uh, that Tara... Uh, worked with and had a very special friendship with uh, that she that has definitely been on the top of people's mind Um, and then a few other people that have just you know claimed to know uh, interesting details about the case that really I would argue only the family only the police and perhaps me through my relationship with those two should know Um, and when you hear someone talk about hold back information right that only uh, the murderer really mm-hmm. would know, apart from those with privy information from the investigation, um, it does raise your ears and it does make you perk up and say, hmm, how do they know that and why?
0: All right. Again, Cameron J. Uh, Classic Crime is the podcast, talking about uh, 22 years to the day, the unsolved Tara Baker murder. Uh, and it always surprises people. And uh, you probably dealt with some of this in, in your work on the podcast. The percentage It varies. It it moves. But but it's generally holding steady in the 60, 65 percent range of solved homicides. Mm -hmm. In other words, in a given year, 30, 35 percent, sometimes more homicides uh, remain unsolved in your podcast dealing with not only this one, but with several others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police will tell you in this case specifically, well, it's, it's not closed and it's still an active investigation. How active can it be? What could I do if I were a detective today and the Tara Baker case is on my desk? Hey Tim, go out and what would I do? What is there to do at this point? Well,
1: Tim, I'll tell you several things, you know, I think when we think about unsolved homicides, and we have this conversation a lot in criminal justice and, you know, the legal field right now about violent crime. Mm -hmm. When you think about murder, it is one of the most violent offenses that someone can commit. So when we talk about, you know, our police and our prosecutors um, and different law enforcement agencies focusing on violent criminals, when we talk about 40 unsolved cases in Athens, that is potentially assuming that all of these people that committed the crimes are still alive. Mm -hmm. Potentially 40 violent offenders that are in our community that could reoffend. Now, we know also by research that murderers are more often than not less likely to reoffend than, say, the average person who robs well, or, well, sure. you know, I, commits I, I, burglary. I'm trying
0: to get away with murder. I'm not going to go <laughs> right. out and commit another one unless I'm, I'm a serial killer. And then right. This but what does, message Anything we, that points to that, by the way, in this case, anything... I don't think oh, this so. this is like some other case and some other case over there. Anything that points to that?
1: I don't think so. No, I don't. Um, but what I can say, you know, is that... You know when we focus on these cases again we're also sending the message to potential criminals right that you're not above the law Mm. and you cannot escape this justice but as far as how we can look at these cases it's very hard and i give police this we have so much and you report on it every single day me sometimes too in here how much crime is continually happening in athens clark county Mm. so when you have a constant slew of new cases constantly coming in whether they be homicide sexual assault burglary robbery how in the world, with that caseload, can we expect p- local jurisdictions to focus on cases that are it 10, almost, 20, here, here 30, here's 40 a years old? horrible
0: word. I'll apologize for using it, but it almost becomes, here's the word, a luxury. Mm-hmm. I got three murders that happened yesterday, and you're asking me to deal with this one that happened 22 years. I ain't got time for that, would and, be kind of an approach there.
1: And that ties it back to why this legislation is so important. Right now, the GBI has a volunteer group of retirees that will look at cold cases on a volunteer basis. Mm. What this bill is going to do, though, is say, we're not just going to make this a part-time mission for retirees, not to say that they won't still be involved, but we are going to fully fund a cold case unit that can look at cases, review them. Them full-time because local jurisdictions you know to their credit not their discredit um, have so much going on now that it's really hard for them to look back at these things and I experienced that in the work I was doing on this case you know having leads and people I thought should be interviewed but where is the time, and where are the resources, and where is the money? You
0: know, I don't. Nothing that indicates, I don't think, you tell me, that this happened in this case. I'm suddenly remembering a case that's still cold in Tallahassee, dates all the way back when I worked there. This is, mm-hmm. I know this case. Uh, it dates back to the 70s, early 80s, as a family killed in a house, a pretty upscale neighborhood mm-hmm. down there. And to this day, law enforcement, people know, people know exactly who did it. Can't arrest it. Mm-hmm. The, the police candidly speaking, botched the crime scene. Just just totally, but they could not prosecute this person, even though everybody knows who did it. You run into that in, in some of your reporting, your podcasting?
1: Certainly. And there have certainly been times in both Tara's case and a case I recently covered of Robbie and Janelle who were murdered in 1994, a young couple where police chief Jerry Salters actually on the podcast said there remains only one person of interest in the case, an uncle living in Florida. Uh, what that tells me is that You know, when these cases go unsolved for so long, it's really hard to do that because evidence grows old, Mm. witnesses move away, especially in a transient town like Athens where people come and go consistently and constantly. Um, So, definitely, those are roadblocks for these cases. Um, So. Disappointing, Yes, but I have hope that with the legislation we're working on now that we can have some And, and recourse.
0: like 10 seconds here, so not much. Mm-hmm. Have you done anything at all with Jennifer Stone, ninety one, ninety two? anything on your podcast? I about have that not one
1: personally, yet? no, but I have certainly looked into
0: it, yes. And so we'll look for that maybe in future installments. Uh, Classic Crime, where do folks find this?
1: Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and ClassicCityCrime.com.
0: ClassicCityCrime.com, a website that can lead you there. Uh, Cameron J., fascinating stuff. Could spend another hour on this, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming in this morning.
1: Thank you.